0: Welcome to Catholic Light. Join me, Becca Doherty, each week as we shed a little light while keeping the conversation light. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Catholic Light. On today's episode, the second half of today's episode, we will complete the last reading selection for part one of the Catechism. So way to go. I have been affirming and congratulating you and encouraging you to persevere the last couple episodes through the end of part one. So here we are, and way to go. You might be able to tell that when it comes to the five love languages, I am a words of affirmation person. So if you're not familiar with the, the five love languages, um, there's five ways that people typically give and receive love, and typically the way you receive love is the way you give love to others. So I'm a, a big words of affirmation person, um, often affirming others, and I feel very loved when affirmed and uh, this came came to light for me one year at the end of the school year Um, students were giving me gifts and um, a student gave me a very sizable Target gift card and I love shopping at Target so I was you know very grateful I said thank you so much and then another student kind of like scrawled out this thank you note on a you know It probably wasn't actually a crumpled piece of notebook paper, but I'll just say that for dramatic effect. Scrawled out this, you know, this thank you note on a piece of notebook paper saying, you know, thank you so much for all that you taught me this year. You know, really changed my life. And it was like, (laughs) best gift ever. (laughs) So after having received this great Target gift card, which was awesome and I used it well, um, I was just... Really felt loved by that that note uh, filled with words of affirmation. So once again, way to go! And uh, thanks for joining me as we make our way through the Catechism. And um, the second half of today's episode, we'll read paragraphs ten forty two through ten sixty five, and uh, we finish out that last line of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in life everlasting. And uh, today's episode focuses on Amen. So that the Catechism devotes. Uh, A number of paragraphs right at the end here to that word, amen. So I'd like to focus on paragraph 1063, which talks about the trustworthiness of God's teaching. So we've just gone through um, about nine months' worth now, uh, really eight months. I took a a one-month maternity leave, but nine months' worth of discussing the the basics of our Catholic faith. So line by line, we've gone through the Apostles' Creed, uh, what we believe in a nutshell, and um, as today's uh, reading selection ends on a beautiful note, it highlights the, the trustworthiness of this teaching, the trustworthiness of what we believe, what God has entrusted to us, um, and how it's, it's good, it's rooted in, in truth, and that truth will set us free, will set us free for a life um, of happiness and joy. So we look at paragraph 1063, which says, In the book of the prophet Isaiah, we find the expression, God of truth, literally, God of the amen, that is, the God who is faithful to his promises. He who blesses himself in the land shall bless himself by the God of truth, amen. Our Lord often used the word amen, sometimes repeated, to emphasize the trustworthiness of his teaching, his authority founded on God's truth. The trustworthiness of his teaching, his authority founded on God's truth. When I hear that, or when I read that, I think of um, you know this common misconception of of God kind of on this power trip, just issuing forth this teaching, uh, these commandments, these you know passages that come to us through Scripture and commanding us to obey as though he gets something out of that as though um, you know if we if we do as we're told like good little soldiers, then that's good for him. But the reality is it's good for us. okay He gives us these teachings. He enters into relationship with us because he is good. He's goodness itself and uh, he wants to share that with us. He did not have to. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit could have got on for all of eternity, giving and receiving love, uh, never once having created the world and each and every one of us, but God in His goodness wanted to share that goodness, and much of that goodness uh, has been um, revealed to us through Scripture, through tradition, and handed on faithfully by the Magisterium so that we can come to know and love God more clearly, more confidently, um, because he is trustworthy and he wants to entrust to us his goodness and this good life that he has for us. So two things I would like to note when it comes to God's trustworthiness. First, as we've talked about in the last uh, few episodes recently, God's teaching is not something that we close our eyes and just blindly follow in the dark. It's rational, it's logical, it resonates when put into practice, resonates with our life. So I've referenced a handful of times a former colleague, Father Matt, a priest of the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, who would often say, if you're ever questioning a teaching of the Catholic faith, just put it into practice and see how it works out for you. So forgive an enemy, see how that works out for you. Go to confession, unburden yourself in the confessional and see how that works out for you. Um, Go to mass, receive the Eucharist and see how that works out for you. Um, Clothe the naked, feed the hungry, visit the imprisoned, see how that works out for you. It it works out quite well because it is the truth, it's what we're made for and so it resonates uh, beautifully with our lives. I'd also like to highlight Uh, a resource that I used throughout my years of teaching, um, which is pretty simple and straightforward, but I found to be very helpful and very effective in understanding our faith myself and in communicating it to others. It's called Beginning Apologetics, and it's put out by San Juan Catholic Seminars. So you could just Google if you're interested. um, Google San Juan Catholic Seminars. I think the authors on at least a number of the little booklets or maybe all of the booklets are Father Frank Chakin, and Jim Burnham. Um, so they are, it's a series of booklets um, highlighting different topics of the Catholic faith. I used extensively the first booklet. It's simply called Beginning Apologetics, How to Explain and Defend the Catholic Faith. And uh, if you look through the table of contents, it goes through all the basics. So the Eucharist, the canon of the Bible, Apostolic Authority, Marian Doctrines, Confessions, Scandals in the Church, Prayer to the Saints, Purgatory. And uh, what the authors do is they um, explain in a page or two for each topic um, why we believe what we believe and then offer scripture passages and, um, you know, instances from history. They use great examples to just very rationally, logically explain the Catholic faith. So I recommend that if you're looking for something to, um, it's really nice to just have on hand, uh, simple, straightforward. It really helped me understand and be able to explain to others um, many topics of our, our faith. So God is trustworthy. His teachings are trustworthy when it comes to, let's say, the head, the rational, intellectual approach to our faith. Secondly, I would say that God is trustworthy when it comes to the heart, when, we, um, when it comes to our relationship with him, when we make our way through life and try to put those teachings into practice. Um, we see that God is faithful, he's trustworthy. When I first started teaching theology, I used to look at my students and think, you know, if, if you just, if I just teach this well, and if you learn this well, and then you put it into practice in your life, your life will be great because like, this makes sense. God gives us the roadmap. All you have to do is just, just do it. And, uh, you know, everything comes up roses. But as I continued to teach and perhaps continued to live my life and experience, uh, how life actually works with God, um... You know, I began to realize that it's it, it's simple. you know God gives us the tools, but it's not always easy. And just because we you know live our Catholic faith, come to know and understand our Catholic faith and live it well, it doesn't mean that our lives will be easy or free from suffering or um, you know, just one one step after the next. like here we go. Okay, now we're in heaven. woohoo. Um, no, our, our lives are, are still filled with suffering. Um, filled with sadness and pain, but it is much better to walk that with God than without God. Uh, I've talked a number of times about uh, Bishop Barron on the podcast. I, I love reading his daily gospel reflections, and he recently said in one of his gospel reflections, you have everything in front of you right now that you need to be happy. So everything you need to be happy is in front of you right now. And I, when I read that, I, I started playing devil's advocate in my mind, thinking like, okay, well, what if the house is on fire and everyone's dead and I'm sick? Like, do I have everything in front of me right now to be happy? And the answer is yes, because no matter the circumstances, no matter the tragedy, no matter the suffering, um, which, side note, it's quite mysterious that those who are close closer, closest to God experience more suffering, Um, But no matter the circumstances, I am loved by God and he wants to spend forever with me. So from right now until forever, God wants to be in relationship with me and he loves me. Um, And so I have everything I need right now to be happy because I have God himself, the infinite, almighty, everlasting God in relationship with me, loving me from now until forever. So God is trustworthy in that he is present to each and every one of us, each and every moment of our lives. And uh, he doesn't always make it so obvious. Um, it's often quiet and hidden. But every once in a while, um, whether for us personally or we hear stories from family and friends, he does make it obvious, I think, to remind us that, that this is the case. He, he's constantly providing um, he's constantly loving, and he is trustworthy. And so I'd like to end the first half of this episode with with a little glory story that recently happened to me, um, one, to offer up gratitude to God, but two, to just showcase his providence and his trustworthiness um, and to say that he, he does this for each and every one of us. It's, again, not always so obvious, um, but he is doing it. He is providing because he's trustworthy and he loves us and he wants what's best for us. So, um, a little over a year ago, my my mom passed away, and um, you know, obviously, it was was so sad. She was such a, just an incredible person, such a a loving, wonderful, the best mom, and um, just such a a wonderful um, mother and daughter and sister and friend to so many. Um, and so she is, she's is deeply missed. Um, but after she passed away, my, my dad continued to live in our childhood home and, uh, my family and I live pretty close to him and my sister lives close to him as well. And so, you know, we would get together. Um, I would say even more so to to comfort each other, to grieve together. And at some point, uh, my sister said, she turned to me and said, you know, um, you're in a, a small house with a growing family. Eventually, you would like to, you know, move to a bigger home. Dad's in a big home. By himself, he would probably love the company. You guys would probably love the space. Why don't you uh, sell your home, catch this you know crazy real estate wave, sell your home, and move in with dad? And you guys can see if you like living together, and then kind of go from there. So um, I, you know, my husband and my dad and I were all struck by my sister's idea, and one by one, we thought, yeah, that's a great idea. Great idea. Okay, let's do this. So we we put our house on the market. And uh, we have this realtor we, we love. She sold our last house to us, and now she, she put this house on the market for us. And she said, you know, let's list it at a certain price, and then if you guys can move out of the house for four days, I'm just going to show, do as many showings as I can. We'll accept all the offers through Sunday evening. I'll go through them Monday morning, and then uh, Monday afternoon, I'll get together with you and Dan. We'll go over the offers and go from there. So we meet with our realtor that Monday afternoon. She says there were 42 showings, 42 different groups walked through your home, and you've received 10 offers. And so immediately Dan and I were just like, wow, this is awesome. Thank you. So she she had prepared this spreadsheet where she, you know, basically did kind of like a can Compare and contrast, you know, this offer is better than this offer for this reason. And, you know, well, this offer looks good. It's better than that offer. And so she basically kind of sussed it out for us and said, that this is the offer that you want, want to accept. So we said, great. So it was a fabulous offer. And um, our realtor said, and uh, she's wondering if you would be willing to settle, have settlement on September 7th. And uh, my husband Dan said, "Oh my gosh, September seventh, that is the first anniversary of your mom's death." And my re- my realtor, who we've come to know and love, um, she and I started crying. She said, "Oh my gosh, the the first anniversary of your mom's death is the day that you will move in to be with your dad." So you know, we continued to to marvel for a bit over um, just the providence of. My mom interceding for our, for our family and interceding for my dad, bringing us together, for God uh, just working out so quickly and so beautifully uh, the sale of our house and then you know moving into my dad's house. So at some point as we're chatting through this, I excuse myself to go to the bathroom, and as I walk in the bathroom, over the loudspeakers is, is that song playing. I'm gonna keep on loving you. It's the only thing I want to do. So I was just struck by um you know God through my mom uh, just loving me and my family, loving my dad and bringing us together and it was just just so illustrative of of God's providence and um, uh, his love for for, for each of us, and in this instance, me and my family and and my dad, so we praise God for that. So it's it's not always so obvious, um, you know, on like a specific date or a, a specific thing that you know necessarily makes it so clear. But um, I, I, I share this story to say that that God is walking with each and every one of us and loving us. Uh, that doesn't mean that we don't suffer, we don't experience pain and hardship. Um, but He is providing for what we truly need, what will will draw us closer to Him and make us more fulfilled and happy, not just in heaven but in this life as well. And so, again, we we thank God for that. So we'll end the first half of the episode here, take a brief break, and then return on the second side to read paragraphs ten forty two through ten sixty five. Thanks for sticking with me. You are listening to Catholic Light. Thank you for joining me each week as we read through the Catechism of the Catholic Church and discuss some of its beautiful teachings. Hi, and welcome back. We'll now read paragraphs 1042 through 1065. The hope of the new heaven and the new earth. At the end of time, the kingdom of God will come in its fullness. After the universal judgment, the righteous will reign forever with Christ, glorified in body and soul. The universe itself will be renewed. The church will receive her perfection only in the glory of heaven, when will come the time of the renewal of all things. At that time, together with the human race, the universe itself, which is so closely related to man and which attains its destiny through him, will be perfectly reestablished in Christ. Sacred Scripture calls this mysterious renewal, which will transform humanity and the world, new heavens and a new earth. It will be the definitive realization of God's plan to bring under a single head all things in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth. In this new universe, the heavenly Jerusalem, God will have his dwelling among men. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. For man, this consummation will be the final realization of the unity of the human race, which God willed from creation and of which the pilgrim church has been in the nature of sacrament. Those who are united with Christ will form the community of the redeemed, the holy city of God, the bride, the wife of the Lamb. She will not be wounded any longer by sin, stains, self-love that destroy or wound the earthly community. The beatific vision in which God opens himself in an inexhaustible way to the elect will be the ever-flowing wellspring of happiness, peace, and mutual communion. For the cosmos, revelation affirms the profound common destiny of the material world and man. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God in hope because the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay. We know that the whole creation has been groaning and travail together until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. The visible universe, then, is itself destined to be transformed so that the world itself, restored to its original state, facing no further obstacles, should be at the service of the just, sharing their glorification in the risen Jesus Christ. We know neither the moment of the consummation of the earth and of man, nor the way in which the universe will be transformed. The form of this world, distorted by sin, is passing away, and we are taught that God is preparing a new dwelling and a new earth in which right. Righteousness dwells, in which happiness will fill and surpass all the desires of peace arriving in the hearts of men. Far from diminishing our concern to develop this earth, the expectancy of a new earth should spur us on, for it is here that the body of a new human family grows, foreshadowing in some way the age which is to come. That is why, although we must be careful to distinguish earthly progress clearly from the increase of the kingdom of Christ, Such progress is of vital concern to the kingdom of God, insofar as it can contribute to the better ordering of human society. When we have spread on earth the fruits of our nature and our enterprise, according to the command of the Lord and in his spirit, we will find them once again, cleansed this time from the stain of sin, illuminated and transfigured, when Christ presents to his Father an eternal and universal kingdom. God will then be all in all in eternal life. True and subsistent life consists in this, the Father through the Son and in the Holy Spirit pouring out his heavenly gifts on all things without exception. Thanks to his mercy, we too, men that we are, have received the inalienable promise of eternal life. In brief, every man receives his eternal recompense in his immortal soul from the moment of his death in a particular judgment by Christ, the judge of the living and the dead. We believe that the souls of all who die in Christ's grace are the people of God beyond death. On the day of resurrection, death will be definitively conquered, when these souls will be reunited with their bodies. We believe that the multitude of those gathered around Jesus and Mary in paradise forms the Church of Heaven, where, in eternal blessedness, they see God as He is, and where they are also to various degrees. "'associated with the holy angels "'in the divine governance, "'exercised by Christ in glory, "'by interceding for us "'and helping our weakness "'by their fraternal concern. "'Those who die in God's grace and friendship, "'imperfectly purified, "'although they are assured of their eternal salvation, "'undergo a purification after death, "'so as to achieve the holiness necessary "'to enter the joy of God. "'By virtue of the communion of saints, "'the Church commends the dead to God's mercy "'and offers her prayers.' especially the holy sacrifice of the Eucharist, on their behalf. Following the the example of Christ, the Church warns the faithful of the sad and lamentable reality of eternal death, also called hell. Hell's principal punishment consists of eternal separation from God in whom alone man can have the life and happiness for which he was created and for which he longs. The Church prays that no one should be lost. Lord, let me never be parted from you. If it is true that no one can save himself, it is also true that God desires all men to be saved, and that for him all things are possible. The Holy Roman Church firmly believes and confesses that on the Day of Judgment, all men will appear in their own bodies before Christ's tribunal to render an account of their own deeds. At the end of time, the kingdom of God will come in its fullness. Then the just will reign with Christ forever, glorified in body and soul, and the material universe itself will be transformed. God will then be all and all in eternal life. Amen. The creed, like the last book of the Bible, ends with the Hebrew word, amen. This word frequently concludes prayers in the New Testament. The church likewise ends her prayers with, amen. In Hebrew, amen comes from the same root as the word believe. This root expresses solidity, trustworthiness, faithfulness, and so we can understand why amen may express both God's faithfulness towards us and our trust in him. In the book of the prophet Isaiah, we find the expression God of truth, literally God of the amen, that is the God who is faithful to his promises. He who blesses himself in the land shall bless himself by the God of truth, amen. Our Lord often used the word amen sometimes repeated to emphasize the trustworthiness of his teaching, his authority founded on God's truth. Thus, the Creed's final Amen repeats and confirms its first words, I believe. To believe is to say Amen to God's words, promises, and commandments, to entrust oneself completely to Him who is the Amen of infinite love and perfect faithfulness. The Christian's everyday life will then be the Amen to the I believe of our baptismal profession of faith. May your Creed be for you as a mirror. Look at yourself in it to see if you believe everything, You say you believe, and rejoice in your faith each day. Jesus Christ himself is the Amen. He is the definitive Amen of the Father's love for us. He takes up and completes our Amen to the Father. For all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why we utter the Amen through him, to the glory of God. Through him, with him, in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours, Almighty Father, God forever and ever, amen. This brings us to the end of our episode. Thanks for joining me again for another week. Between this week and next week's episode, please connect with me on Instagram at Catholic Light Podcast. I'll be praying for you. Please pray for me. And in the meantime, God bless you. Thanks for joining me this week on Catholic Light. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with your family and your friends, and connect with me through Facebook and Instagram. I'll see you next week, and in the meantime, God bless you.